The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 147 of the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm Daniel Lomano, the noise of the North, recording at this time from my diamond sweet Harry Price Studio, one just outside Chicago, Illinois. The forecast this morning said there was a 30% chance of rain, but no worries, because I'm here to bring you your bi-weekly dose of audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Wake Responsibly Initiative. Guys, whether wakeboarding, water skiing, kneeboarding, wake surfing, wake skating, or even scurfing, no matter what you like to do behind the boat, make sure that you are doing it responsibly. That means minimizing those repetitive passes on any one portion of shoreline, keeping your music at reasonable levels, and staying at least 200 feet away from shorelines as well. And don't forget to bring those Coast Guard approved life jackets with you to make sure everyone on your boat is safe regardless of experience level. Head on over to wakeresponsibly.com. Take the Wake Responsibly compliance exam today. Make sure that you understand not just the law, but sometimes even more importantly, the etiquette to living that life on the water. Guys, I do want to thank you all for the love and reviews you've been giving me on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Just know that your positive reviews and five-star ratings not only help warm my heart, but they also help increase the visibility of this podcast and in turn, our entire sport. So let's keep them coming. What do you say? I also want to remind you all that in addition to listening and sharing all 147 episodes of this, the Golden Mike podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, well, we are also available on tons of different podcast listening applications for Android devices, as well as on SoundCloud and our website, noiseofthenorth.com. And while you're scrolling through your phone, go ahead and follow the Golden Mike podcast, like us on Facebook, and uh, shoot me that follow on Instagram at DanoTMano. Our guest today is longtime friend of the show, J.B. O'Neill. This is JB's second time on the Golden Mike podcast. His first appearance was way back in episode 89 when we recorded out in the Dirty D Detroit, Michigan, where he and I were doing some Rail Jam demos. Keen listeners will remember that JB had just started a small YouTube channel and was looking to do something with it. Well, folks, since then, JB definitely grew his channel. We're talking over 600 videos, 
over 50,000 subscribers and over 11 million views and he's only growing stronger by the day giving us a diverse video lineup with cable park trick tutorials raw wakeboard footage and his ever popular will it wakeboard series where he rides the craziest things you can imagine it's great to see jb carve out his place in the sport we did record this inside of the boathouse studio down in central florida after ripping some shred sets out on lake sawyer and I've known JB for over 12 years now, and it's been awesome watching him evolve as an athlete and a content creator while his sponsor, Hyperlight, has been evolving right alongside him. Whether you free ride or focus on contests, boat, or the cable scene, Hyperlight provides you with the absolute highest quality equipment guaranteed to take your riding experience to that next level. Hyperlight and its team of dedicated shapers, riders, manufacturers, and so many more pour thousands of hours into researching and developing their products in order to stay at the forefront of our ever-changing sport. Head over to hyperlight.com, I'll spell it out, H-Y-P-E-R-L-I-T-E.com to keep up with all their latest products, videos, and news. And when you're there, do yourself a favor and click on the shop local link to find a licensed Hyperlight dealer near you. Hyperlight, the past, present, and future of wakeboarding. And now it's time to get into our interview with the one and only J.B. O'Neill. It's J.B. O2. Oh, yeah. Right here on the Golden Mike podcast. All right. All right. Well, let's do it. Welcome back. I'm calling this episode J.B. O2. J.B. O'Neill, welcome back to the Golden Mike podcast. Yeah, it's good to see you again. What are you doing here in, in Central Florida, Orlando? Um, I basically just wanted to come over and film riding behind some of the Centurion boats here with uh, some of the team riders. And yeah, I haven't been able to connect with them yet. So I figured why not come and ride with you? And hopefully I can go riding with them soon and film a little bit with Taylor McCullough and Dallas Friday. And uh, yeah, that should be a good time. All right, well that sounds like uh, that could be a good time out there with the ladies. So good luck to you on that. Um, pre, uh, Pre-pandemic craziness, man. I know uh, from social I saw so many videos with you and so many other riders coming from the Philippines, uh, CWC, uh, Ref Trinidad. I saw that sick little edit you put together. I, I, th I saw it. There's so much stuff, dude. I can't, it can't even keep up. But um, so uh, pre-March, what were you up to? Pre-March 2020. So basically, I flew to the Philippines just before winter started or just as winter started and it stayed all the way there till March. Then that's when I th flew back. But um, yeah, I was basically there and wakeboarded every day and filmed all sorts of riders around the globe. Maybe did some interviews on the water with them and different kind of wakeboard activities at the cable park there. The weather is always warm there. So that's the perfect place to go in the winter. So yeah, I just kind of do that every winter and it's super fun. And, and what about coming home? Like how crazy was, was it being in the Philippines when all this started hitting? Cause you were there like when, when the, the, like, well, you're, you're in Asia and it's already becoming a big situation there. Um, February, March. And uh, so like February, March time, it wasn't that bad yet, or it actually got pretty crazy in March, but I came home. I flew home with my dog from the Philippines and 
Then I flew straight from there to Australia. And just as I was getting there, maybe a week into my Australia trip, everything locked down then. So I ended up getting stuck in Australia for a while. I was there for about a month and just wakeboarded through most of the cable parks. And then by the last week I was there, they all shut down. So the last week was pretty chill. My flight got canceled. And then I finally rebooked a new flight and uh, flew back home. So um, did you were you working on projects or like big bigger projects or was it just like your your YouTube stuff? So basically, when I went over there, they sent me, Alex Albach, and Pedro Caldas to go over there for sort of the Boardstock Cable Park Series contest they have over there. And we were basically just bringing out all the new Hyperlite gear, letting everybody try them at the contest. And if we happened to want to ride in the contest as well while we were there, we did that as well. We weren't really prepared for the contest except for Pedro because that's what he went there for. But yeah, mainly we just tried to get like new people on the water, new people trying out all this stuff and uh, did the contest as well. I actually won the Big Air Quarter Pipe contest, but uh, yeah, it was just uh, fun goofing around on our wakeboards. Yeah, very cool. Well, every everybody can actually go back and listen to the first episode that you had here with me and, and get your entire story if they want to find out, you know, your, your entire background, how you grew up and how you got into it. Um, but since the last time I had you on, you were, you were starting to dabble in um, the YouTube stuff. Uh, you're definitely starting to, to push your social media and everything like that. But um, as of now, I would say you're a guy that within the Toad Water Sports industry, I mean, you've pretty much gone viral. You're one of like the, the main YouTube uh, influencers, I believe, within, um, within the wakeboard industry. So um, can you kind of take us back and tell us how you sort of got into uh, doing the YouTube stuff and what kind of pushed you into um, that direction? Okay, so David O'Queeve, he got into YouTube a while back, and I sort of thought the idea was kind of lame at first, and then more and more people started, like, watching it, and it started growing more and more at, like, a really slow rate at first, but gradually it started getting bigger and bigger, and I kind of just saw that nobody was doing that on the cable side of wakeboarding yet, and maybe it sort of needed that so we can, like, reach out cable wakeboarding to more people and get more people into the sport and also it's just good for your sponsors and stuff like that if i can reach out to more and more people and show their brands to all these people coming to the sport so all in all i just think the youtube thing is a uh, good for wakeboarding i think i'm maybe steering away from the question but yeah i just got into it basically from david o'queeve did it first and yeah just wanted to do it and share my ideas and my wakeboarding with everyone and it's been growing really fast, and uh, I'm hyped on it. Yeah, well, so I, <clears throat> one thing I want to give you like a lot of credit for is, yes, your YouTube channel has a lot of you. That's what it's all about. But um, I mentioned this. We were out riding earlier today, and I said to you, I'm like, dude, you're you're like the most selfless guy with a selfie stick in the world. Um, talk a little bit about um, being on the other side of that lens and, and because you, you are posting up a lot of content and getting a lot of people seen and, you know, there's a lot of great riders out there, um, arguably, or, or just in general unknown, and you're giving those guys a platform. So talk a little bit about what it's like to be behind, because for so long you were a guy who wanted to help, you know, get the exposure for yourself, build your brand. And here you are. I mean, you, you could argue that you still need to be doing that for yourself, but you're out there building, helping other people build their brands. 
Yeah, so the YouTube grew really fast. And uh, at first, I was kind of like filming people from other countries and filming me riding with these people so that it was sort of reach out to a larger amount of people all over the world and it would really help me out so at first it definitely helped me out a lot so maybe that was less selfless but in return now i do believe that it is the biggest video platform in wakeboarding and it's really hard for people to be able to get seen so if i go and ride with someone it will benefit them but it'll also benefit benefit me and uh, yeah, I think that's really cool to help them out. And also some of our platforms in wakeboarding like Alliance Wake or Wakeboarding Mag, um, I'm not trying to trash on them or anything, but they're dying. They can't generate more than three or 400 views. So if someone's trying to send their video out to all these wakeboarding websites and they only get seen by a couple hundred people, it's not really helping them out at all. So now that I have the biggest platform, it's really cool to be able to just push everyone out there and including myself, it's just, it's really nice to have me and my friends and just everyone get seen and really promote wakeboarding as much as I can. So it's a, YouTube is a public platform and anybody can post on there. And we do have, um, a, you know, a good amount of wakeboarding and towed water sports content coming out. I want to find out what content you're watching because there again there is so much stuff out there so what what captivates you so I, I actually don't watch wakeboarding i watch guys like danny duncan i don't know if you ever heard of him just like a kid that goofs off on youtube and just has fun goofing around it's nothing to do with wakeboarding at all maybe more like dirt bike stuff and motocross stuff i like watching that um i see wakeboarding every day so when i go home it's uh, pretty refreshing to watch different things than wakeboarding because I'm filming wakeboarding all the time and putting it together and then putting it up. So, yeah, I watch other stuff. And plus, there's not really much wakeboarding content coming out unless it's on Instagram. And on Instagram, it's just flooded with, with a trick here and a trick there. And it's hard to hold my attention for more than five seconds before swiping to the next thing. So, yeah, I go on YouTube and watch a bunch of other sports, and it's it's pretty fun. So I notice um, um, your videos, and not just your videos, but it seems like a lot of the stuff that gets a lot of attention are long videos. So when I found out you were in town, I wanted to go back and, and watch a few of your videos. Well, I got through, like, three of them, and I'm, like, 45 minutes into my day, and I'm just like, holy smokes. Um, but I think it's great, and obviously people like – long videos can you talk a little little bit on um those the advantage maybe for for being seen if you go longer because i don't know like my attention span isn't really that long but at the same time i guess i i, I i'll be, I admit it to you dude i don't watch every one of your videos for 10 minutes but every now and then there is something i'll get through the entire thing you know so youtube basically will boost your video if it's more than 10 minutes long so i try and make the video more than 10 minutes and it's also based on watch time so the more the longer people watch the more your video gets promoted but um youtube is basically more like tv kind of it's it's like wakeboarding tv it's not go find a cool trick on instagram it's, a lot of people will message me and say they sit down and watch my videos while they're working out and it's a longer type video so they can they can do that or i don't know i think a lot of people like to watch the longer videos and I was pretty surprised at first because at the beginning I was trying to keep them around like three minutes but 
the 10 minute plus ones definitely do better. And if I make a short one, people will actually comment and call me out that my video should be longer. So yeah, 10 minutes it is. How, how many videos do you have uploaded on YouTube at this time? I think I just cracked like 600. 600 video. Okay. So, and you've been doing it for three years, pretty consistent now. Um, this is, I've been doing it for about a year and a half consistent. Okay. So whenever I, I signed like a three year deal with Hyperlite, um, a year ago, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to start this now. And hopefully by the time that that deal is up, I will, it will be big enough to self-sustain and, uh, hopefully they'll sign me again, obviously, cause I love writing for them, but yeah, the goal would be to be able to self-sustain with YouTube and then just have all my sponsors as well, helping me out. I got to ask you this though, because you've got so much content coming out in 600 videos in, in, you know, in 18, even 20 months. That's, that's a lot of content coming out. I mean, that's borderline videos. It's a, I do a video every second day. And then sometimes like John the other day sent me a video, I'll upload their videos on in, in between days. And then in the winter, I will also take some of like the Hyperlite product videos of the team and stuff. And I'll, I'll filter or I'll, I don't know if that's the right word, but I'll throw those in the in the schedule as well just to help promote Hyperlite. And it'll also give me like a little bit of time to rest and chill out in winter. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of videos. Well, you, you, you talk about getting some rest, but again, I'm seeing so much content out and that means you're riding, you're traveling, you're editing, and then not to mention you're posting this stuff up, which... I, I don't know, maybe to some people posting is just easy, easy work, but to me it seems like, especially when it's kind of your job, it, it, it becomes a little bit more tedious. Um, ha, do you, have you felt a strain on like your life or anything like that with it? Not really. Um, at the beginning, when I started, I kind of gave myself a couple, a couple weeks ahead of time before I uploaded the first video, so I had a little bit of a buffer. And then when I got to CWC, I just started banging out video after video after video. The cable park is right there next to where I'm living. So if I could do a video or two a day, I would try and get a month and a head, a month and a half ahead or so. So I always have that buffer. Right now I'm only like two weeks ahead, but if I go out, I can do like six different tricks and then just go stand in the yard and talk about how to do them and make a tutorial. So then I'll make a video every fourth day instead of every second day. So. Yeah, I guess it is a lot of work, but I really try and get it done ahead of time and then have a buffer, chill out for a bit so I don't get burnt out. And then by the time I'm done chilling, I can go out and bang out videos again. What are your thoughts? So like you and I are recording this. Here we are, you know, like a week and a half into July or whatever. Um, this episode is probably, I mean, with, with the episodes I already have recorded before you, the reality is this is probably going to be up in six weeks from now, okay? Um, that's just the reality. You're talking about stacking videos for you know a few weeks ahead of time. Um, do 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 you think that this stuff has a shelf life or anything like that? Um, like how long people continue to watch them? Or me, I, I maybe I I don't know. Maybe the question is is like I sometimes feel bad that, but I need to get these interviews done because I'm heading back to Chicago in a week and I'm not going to be able to connect with any pros up there. You know what I mean? So I need yeah. to I need to have all of these interviews ready to go. But obviously things are going to change b between now and then. And But I'm still going to put the content out there. But do you think it loses anything by doing that? Yeah, I think so. I think it loses a bit by doing that because it's not exactly the day before that it was filmed. But, yeah, it's just a lot easier on me if I do it that way. Um, sometimes 
I will have an idea and I will film it and then it'll, I'll wait a month for it to come out and then someone else will have uploaded something similar. So I kind of shoot myself in the foot sometimes because then I'll be after that person. But all in all, I think it's like probably the healthiest way to do it. So I just don't get burnt out because I think if I was having to have that video done the day before every day, I would get really burnt out. I probably wouldn't like wakeboarding as much. So yeah, just getting ahead of time and then having my free time for a couple of weeks is a much, much better way of doing it, I think. Yeah, I, I you know, and, and when you when you're like leaving the Philippines, you know, like I, I, I wonder if maybe it helped push you, you know, knowing that, hey, you had that extra time to get that content out. So you did get those extra interviews or those extra sets with people, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, what other creators, content creators, YouTubers um, are helping grow Wake in exposure? Um, um, that we should like watch out for that people listening should. I think definitely check out Sean Murray. Definitely check out David O'Queeve and the Peacock brothers. Um, they create the most Sean Murray's probably the fastest growing one out of them right now. And he's the one doing the most stuff behind the boat. So if you are riding boat, I think Sean Murray would be a great person to watch. Also, he's probably the most legendary guy of all time. And he's so good at talking and speaking to people and knows how to wakeboard safely and keep people in the sport. I think his videos are extremely educational and I think they're probably the best ones on YouTube right now. So I think over time, he's probably going to be the big guy on YouTube. So between say Sean Murray, David O, JB O'Neill, Dave AV, the Peacock brothers. Let's just say we're talking those five guys right there. I mean, yeah. you're, you're you're talking hundreds of thousands, probably of of view of views, maybe millions of views, maybe tens of thousands of subscribers, perhaps more than that. Um, with that being said, um, the sports obviously gaining exposure through YouTube. Uh, but are we seeing that translate into board sales or um, uh, boat sales or, or um, more riders in general behind the boat or more riders under the cable? I think so. I think definitely so. I mean, there are millions and millions of views going out and, and tons of eyes just watching wakeboarding. I mean, I put polls on my Instagram and almost 80 to 90% of the people watching just got into the sport within a year ago. And also my DMs on Instagram, for instance, I've been blowing up more than I've ever seen. Like I feel like I'm a hot chick, you know, with a million dudes sliding into her DMs or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I have 99 plus, like it'll say 99 plus new DMs every single day. And I try and reply to them all. So it's pretty hectic. I mean, there's a lot of people asking like, what board should I get or what rope length do you ride on the boat? And people having all sorts of questions about wakeboarding. And I think that it's bringing in a lot of new people and helping with sales for sure. How are you able to balance that? Because you're saying you're getting 99 plus DMs and then I'm looking at your YouTube videos. You're putting a video up every other day or so every two days and you're getting on average, let's just say a hundred comments. But dude, I looked at one of your videos that had 256 comments, bro. If I have 35 comments on an Instagram post, it's hard for me to even go through and reply to those. Yeah, so I'm on my phone a lot. <laughs> um, 
if I have time and I'm sitting in the car and someone else is driving, I always sit down. I try to make sure I reply to every single one of those comments. Um, one time I had a video with over 1500 comments and it's, it was kind of a nightmare to reply to them all because I did a board board giveaway. So everybody was bloop, bloop, bloop in the comments. And I was just sitting there all day for like a week, just reply, 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 reply. And on Instagram, I try and reply to every single one. I don't reply to every single one on Instagram though, because I actually had like a stalker inci incident like a year ago. So yeah, I can't reply to them all anymore, but uh, I'll, I'll reply to every, every message that, you know, if someone asks me a question about a trick or, or something like that, I make sure to reply, but I spend a ton of time with that, especially with the tutorials. Every single bit of advice is free. So if someone's watching a tutorial on my channel, I always say, go message me on Instagram if you want to know how to learn this trick or send me your videos and I'll, I'll help out. I don't want to charge. I just want to help people progress and grow wakeboarding. So I keep all that free. So it definitely leaves a lot of messages. Let me ask you this flat out. Can and do, can and do wakeboarders make money off YouTube? Yeah, 100%. For sure. I reckon my YouTube probably pays more than 95% of pro wakeboarders' salaries, probably. I would guess. How do you how do you get to that point, though? Um, I just make a lot of videos, and I try and be nice to people, and I try and put out content that people can relate to. I try not to be the cool guy that thinks I'm like sick at wakeboarding or something like that. I just try and be relatable to the average Joe out there that's going on the boat or going to the cable park and wakeboarding. And uh, yeah, I think people like it and they slowly start subscribing. And then once you have enough of a following, it just starts growing faster and faster and faster. Well, let me ask you this because I, I would consider you a pretty core rider, but at the same time, I have to say you've let your core guard down. I don't know if you'd agree with me on that a little bit. You've kind of yeah. let your core guard down over the, the past maybe couple years. 100%. And I think core-wise, I would say I'm like, I was at like 80% out of 100% core, and now I've dropped it down to like 50 if it had a scale. Quick break, folks. When we're talking with JB, you know we got to bring up Centurion Boats. Centurion has been supporting wakeboarding nearly since the sport first started, making boats specifically designed to create perfectly shaped wakes to cater to wakeboarding and wake surfing pioneers. Centurion is the official tow boat for the World Wake Surfing Championships, as well as an event very close to my heart, Twin Lakes Corn Fest. To see Centurion's full lineup and to find a certified Centurion dealer near you, go to centurionboats.com. That's C-E-N-T-U-R-I-O-N boats.com. Now back to J.B. O'Neill. Well, you're, you're not afraid to do things that might be looked at or even considered kooky. And through your videos, you see it. Shoe skiing on, um, on, on computers. Um, drilling new holes to take skinny stance to an absolute new level, uh, mounting um, bindings on all kinds of gear. I saw. I think I saw you buy a snowboard and try to, to ride that, etc. Um, like, how are you able to kind of let go of what other people were going to say when you started posting these videos? Because you, you obviously 
know that people are going to say stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. There's definitely a lot of people that probably don't like it. I think that there's a lot of people in wakeboarding that think that their style is so sick and they're so cool or, I mean, not everybody, but there's definitely that guy that goes out there and he doesn't want to lose his reputation and by doing something kooky like that, they have a, a standard for what they want to put out there. And I totally respect that because they have an image of what they want their wakeboarding to look like. But uh, if I am getting judged by that person, whatever, you know, I don't care. I mean, if there's thousands of other people that like it, then cool. And if I like having fun on the water, then cool. It shouldn't, it shouldn't matter what they think because in the long run, you know, I'm just having fun on the water and people like to have fun on the water that sells boats that sells wakeboards that you know i mean people originally started wakeboarding to have fun they didn't necessarily start wakeboarding to be the cool guy you ever um make a video and like have this idea and you know it's awesome and you go out there and the video just you get home you start going through the clips it's a total fail it doesn't even make it off the editing board yeah i've had that happen but in the beginning now i kind of know what's going to mess up so like I've, I've made a couple of videos before that maybe only like twice actually, but at the very beginning and it just didn't work out. So yeah. how bad does that hurt? Um, yeah, it kind of sucks. Not that bad just cause I've pumped out so many videos now that I can't even remember what videos those were, but I remember being pretty butthurt about it. Yeah. So are you like, are you worried about the quantity of your videos or the quality of the videos? Um, I try and make them somewhat quality, but uh, I'm definitely more worried about quantity. I, I mean, I know a lot of people say quality, not quantity, but I make sure like not to each in the videos and make sure to grab properly and everything like that. So that's kind of the quality I aim towards because whenever new people come into the sport, I would like for them to know kind of what looks good and what doesn't. But yeah, I mean, Quantity is important because people like to watch. And, uh, yeah, the more you give them, the, the more they watch. I mean, I don't know. What do, your, what do your viewers, your followers, what do they yearn for? Like, what do they mostly ask you for? Like, what are, what are some of your biggest requests? So most people want me to ride different things on the water. And I only do it sometimes. So I guess this would come into, like, the core thing or whatever. But... I didn't want to really necessarily sell out and do that every single day because sometimes those videos make a lot. I mean, I've had some of them make 2,500 bucks for riding a two by 12 on the water. But if I do that every single day, I feel like I'm not really wakeboarding. I'm just going out and just riding different things and I'm getting off track. So I try and just do that sometimes and uh, mostly just wakeboard. You consider yourself just a wakeboarder or are you like a toad water sports enthusiast? Uh, I consider myself just a wakeboarder, but I guess I'm a toad water sports enthusiast as well. Are you, you're like open-minded to like trying skiing and all kinds of other stuff out there? Oh yeah, well? for sure. Like I'll go out, um, and wake surf. I'll go out and ski. I mean, I haven't skied in a long time. I, I water skied once when I was a kid, but I'm totally down to go out and run this slalom course for sure. Haven't done it yet, but it would be, it'd be pretty fun. I think. Um, like what, what about like, what's most rewarding for you about this whole thing? Is it at the end when you see the views, is it finishing the edit? Is it filming the edit? Hmm. So I don't know. I kind of, at first it was, it was about the videos and stuff, but, uh, it still is about the videos, but the, 
the app they have like a youtube app and it just shows like a graph of like progress of everything growing and I don't know, it's sort of like a video game, like a real-life video game. So I just watch the graphs go up and up, and then when they go down, kind of get bummed, and it goes up and up again. So I don't know. I think it's pretty rewarding when everything's go- going up, and you you can kind of, like, feel that progress. Um, that probably seems silly watching a graph, but I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like a real-life game. What about videos that don't receive what you would perceive as a justifiable view count or exposure level. Um, I, I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but like some, you know, a video that you put out there and it just doesn't get seen. Um, so basically every single tutorial doesn't get seen very much. So like if I go out and make a tutorial on how to jump toe side, wake to wake, not very many people want to learn that. They just want to go out and learn the Rayleigh or whatever, but it's okay. I mean, if there's a whole little, little collection of every single trick and people are able to search that if it only got 2000 views that's fine there's 2000 people that wanted to learn how to jump toe side wake to wake so that's cool i mean if it's just because it didn't perform good it doesn't really matter it still helped someone learn that trick so that's cool all right and uh i'm gonna finish off the youtube talk on this i want to i want to find out about the process um that it takes so you showed up today i, I got a phone call a couple days ago um, heard that you were in town, wanted to come over here. Last night, John texted me, said, hey, actually, we want to shoot a vlog out there on the boat. Um, I'm guessing today you probably didn't have a ton of thought going in. Maybe you did. I don't really know. But, like, what's the, um, what's the process? The, like, do you, is there, like, a process for making the initial idea, the setup, actually doing the video, and then, like, releasing it? I have no process. I just show up and... Whatever I film is whatever I film. If I, I think if I had like a schedule, like, okay, I need to film this first and blah, blah, blah. If I had an actual process of how I did things, I think that I would get so burnt out and not want to do it anymore ever again. But since I'm going out and just filming whatever I'm doing, it's not, it doesn't really feel like a job. It feels like I'm just out with my friends and filming. So yeah, I think it's more fun just to go out and wing it every single time. I'm pretty sure every single time I've winged it, no matter what, even on tutorials. Whenever I am sitting in the backyard talking, I didn't think about what I'm going to say before I filmed it. I'm just sitting there talking and thinking in my head at the same time about how I do the trick, and that's how the video comes out. If it's bad, whatever, there's going to be a new one in two days. So, yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about the 2019 Wake Awards uh, that didn't go down and then they went down. I got a phone call from you, or I, I got a bunch of missed calls. I was in Vegas with my girlfriend and uh, I had recorded the Wake Awards two weeks earlier and then they came out and I got a phone call from you and you were just like trying to figure out what I knew about how the voting and everything and this and that. And you were a little disappointed in, in some of the results um, with the Wake Awards and, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, and I was just... Um, I don't know how public you were about it, and I don't know how cool you are with us talking about it right here, but I feel like we can tastefully do it a little bit, and I kind of want to know. Yeah, I'm totally, you're... I'm totally cool talking about it. So what I want to know, and, and obviously, dude, I'm not a drama dude. I'm not here, but I do feel like we, we have a platform, and if you want to get something out in the open and in, in the air, you should have the opportunity to do that. So what what were your thoughts with the um, with the Wake Awards, aside from hating the announcer? so so the wake awards is cool i mean they they show off the best trick of the year they always 
you know, there's all sorts of awards for all the best riders, etc. And uh, so David O'Queeve, a few years ago, he actually won the Reader's Choice Rider of the Year for boat wakeboarding, or at the time it was just combined. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, maybe if I have a big enough platform one day that maybe I could win that. And so you set a goal. Yeah, I set a goal. And I was like, okay, well, it'd be really, really cool to try and win this one day. That was also another reason I started YouTube. And uh, so basically, I made a video on YouTube showing like my best riding of that year and everything like that. And at the end of the video, I just basically said, hey guys, if you guys are interested and think that I am your favorite rider, if not, that's totally fine. But feel free to head on over to Wake Awards or wakeboardingmag.com and uh, vote for me if I'm your favorite rider. If not, just vote for your favorite rider anyway. And uh, I put a poll up asking how many people voted. And over a thousand, maybe 1,600 people, I think it was, close to 2,000 people um, actually voted from my YouTube channel. And I found it odd that there was, I think there was like a top five, I think they showed, that I wasn't even in the top five. And I thought that was really weird. Um, David O'Queeve won the boat thing again against names like Harley. And here I am now, I have this huge platform. I have all these people in the comments just saying, hey, I love you, man. Like we voted for you. And I spoke with some of the other writers that were in the top five and they said, oh yeah, like we didn't even post about it. So they were in the top five and I wasn't. And I was actually pretty bummed because I don't know, there were a lot of people that were super hyped and wanted me to win. And I feel like maybe they thought I cheated or maybe something happened to where they just fully pulled me off the list. And uh, I do believe that, yeah, I feel that I got screwed over there. But so let me ask you. It this. is what it is. <laughs> so I, I like... I don't want people to think you're a sore loser. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. And, and and because I don't think you are. I think you busted your butt and, you know, and, and maybe there is something. I don't really know exactly how it works. I know um, I know that I'm the announcer. Yeah. And I just, I'm like the anchor man. I read what I see in front of me, basically. Um, yeah. But with that being said, how, what, like, what do you think is, what do you think went wrong and how do you think it could be fixed? What do you think should be in place so that other riders don't feel this way or to make this as ultimately legitimate as possible? Um, I don't, I don't know what went wrong. I do feel like I got cheated. I don't want to sound like a sore loser or anything. I just do have the platform and, uh, I do have the people that say that they voted and yeah, I don't know how it could be fixed. I mean, just try and be fair. Um, I'm not saying that I should have won or anything, but I definitely think that I should have probably been in that top five. And yeah, um, Wakeboarding Magazine took weeks to reply to me. Um, they, they replied to me at first and then they just, they just didn't want to talk to me or they didn't want to show me anything on why I didn't win. They didn't want to show me any numbers. So yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of butthurt about it and that's it. Kept doing my own thing. It's whatever. It already got forgotten anyway. I don't even. I, and I don't mean to like bring it up, but like moving forward into next year, there comes a, a time when you're going to start thinking about it again, and it's a goal that you had. Is it a goal you still have? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I will probably make a video again, and 
hopefully there's enough fans or or whatever and and maybe i can win maybe not um i just had an expectation thinking that i would maybe be up there and now i don't really have an expectation so if i'm not on there it's fine i'm not too stressed very good man um we'll keep up the hard work bro and i think it will come seriously i you know we, we're seeing the views we're seeing uh the exposure and everything so um i again i don't really know how it all ends up working or whatever but i wish you the best of luck on it and i just i don't want you to like walk away from it because dude i think you're doing some really really great things and uh it, you know if everybody could figure out a way to kind of work together, grow together, do the right thing, build this thing up, we can hopefully get the sport back to where it once was, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I don't want to sound salty or whatever. I mean, I definitely am, but I didn't ever post anything about it or anything like that because I didn't want to burn any bridges, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Yeah, well, I don't think you're burning any bridges. I think that you're entitled to your opinion, your thought, and it's okay that you that you uh, put it out there, you know? And I again, I think it, what it comes down to is you spending the next year doing exactly what you did last year, and that's busting your ass and proving to everybody that, you know, that you are uh, the guy who deserves what you worked so hard to believe you deserve, you know? Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about Hyperlight. Last time I had you on the podcast, you were just connecting with the Hyperlight brand. Um, you were super, super excited. There was a lot of opportunity ahead of you um, as far as being a professional athlete and as far as the media side. Talk a little bit about the relationship with Hyperlight and how it's grown and um, some of the stuff they've kind of helped you with over the past, say, 18 to 24 months. So whenever I signed with Hyperlite a few years ago for the first time, everything's kind of gone uphill from there. I mean, they have the best wakeboards. They have some of the best marketing in the industry. And uh, yeah, basically once I got on, everything really just started going uphill. I also have gotten like a lot more drive. Once I sign with them, I feel like I'm a part of an actual team. And it's just really awesome being a part of a family and someone who supports you and has your back. The other riders have my back. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. Riding for Hyperlite is probably the best thing that's happened to me so far in wakeboarding. So yeah, I mean, everything's been great. You Greg, guys, you guys have kind of become a, a media force sort of, um, with the likes of Rodrigo Donoso, who, you know, in the, doing the photographs for, yeah. for Hyperlite. Um, you obviously doing some video stuff and then Trevor Maurer as well. Uh, how does that dynamic work? Uh, it's awesome. I mean, Rodrigo obviously takes awesome photos. I do think that's that, uh, Trevor puts out some of the best videos in all of wakeboarding. I mean, Graham had that video come out with Trevor and yeah, I don't know. Just all of these guys have sort of the same vision as me different a little bit because I'm doing more YouTube and they're doing more full parts. I did do a full part also, but it's just nice to have that team. Me and Graham will go out and film a video together and I can help Graham with his videos and Graham can help me with mine. Brady and I help each other out. Trevor helps Graham out. It's just like a full little circle of everybody helping each other out. Whereas before, whenever I rode for someone like Connolly or O'Brien, there wasn't really that it was there was not it was not really a team so now yeah it's like a legit family and it's really good and it's really fun so do you get to connect with any of the other like hyperlight team riders guys like jd webb or rusty malinowski or anybody like that 
Um, I've gone out and ridden with Rusty and Murray a couple times. I've filmed with Rusty and Sean, yeah, I think twice at Sean's house now. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're really fun to hang out with. Um, I haven't hung out with JD much, but it's cool because Murray has always been a superstar to me ever since I was a kid. I mean, he had the game, and I played Sean Murray's Wakeboarding Unleashed video game before I ever even wakeboarded. So hanging out with someone like that of that caliber – is really cool like and now that i'm friends with someone like that i mean i would have never never thought that when i was a kid and now it's real so it's awesome well congrats on that congrats on this as well so you over the past you know half decade last five years or so i think you've really solidified yourself and, and become recognized as kind of a cable rider um i do recognize though through the social media over the last year um, we're seeing more and more boat stuff from you and you're kind of getting back to your roots a little bit and you were able to link up with um, with one of the most classic brands in the industry um, Centurion Boats for a sponsorship talk a little bit about the partnership you have with Centurion and um, getting that opportunity to get back behind the boat so basically a year ago I signed with oh it's no, this is the first year. So maybe a half a year ago, I, I signed with Centurion and yeah. So now, now I can ride boat a little bit more. I do share my boat with Ashley kid. So I don't ride all the time. I've actually only ridden a few times, but it is cool to have that backing from a boat company and they don't really expect me to go to contests and stuff like that because there's no way I could outperform someone like Corey Tunison doing 1260s and stuff like that. But I think it's awesome now that I have the boat company backing because I can go out on that boat and show people that I can ride the boat with no ballast or I can just do surface tricks on the water or, or just go and have an all-around good time behind the boat without having to be super core or super hardcore doing super hard tricks and getting smoked on your wakeboard. It's still fun to go out in the water. And I hope that I can bring more people onto the boat again, because I mean, wakeboarding was kind of declining on the boat for a while. And I hope that I can help it climb back up because it is so much fun. And whenever I first started wakeboarding, I wasn't out there trying to land 900s, you know, I was out there having fun with my family and, and just having a good time on the lake. So hopefully I can show people that wakeboarding is fun and wake surfing is fun and everything is just a good time out there and hopefully bring more people onto the boat. Can we expect any full-on boat edits from you coming up? Um, yeah, I think so. Not for a minute. I want to I wanna get my hands on the boat for maybe a month just to myself where I can maybe ride every day. And then, yeah, for sure. Especially because, you know, everything nowadays is wake to wake and spins going wake to wake and stuff like that. I might try to add some of John Dryling's butter tricks into there. I also would like to bring going into the flats back. I would like to bring some 1990s, early 2000s style wakeboarding back into it. And uh, I think that'd be really fun to make a video about that. And uh, yeah, I think that'd be cool. All right, man, this is going to be the last question I have before we uh, talk about any upcoming projects and give you a chance to do your shout outs and stuff. What would you like to see more pros do to help gain more exposure for the sport and help legitimize wakeboarding on a more mainstream basis? 
Um, I'd like to see more pros pass the handle. I think that's important. And, and maybe not even necessarily have to bring someone to the cable park and pass the handle, but just talk to people about wakeboarding or try and introduce them and show them what it is and, and maybe not be the cool guy that only posts them doing the hardest tricks ever. Um, I think it would be really cool to see more pros just reaching out and being themselves and maybe talking to people just so people can get to know them. I think that's sort of a problem in the industry now is people just know the riders. This guy can do a bunch of banger tricks, but they don't know anything about their personalities. So I think maybe showing off your personality so people can actually get to know you, I think that would be very important because right now all they know is the double back roll you did or whatever, but they don't, they don't know anything about you. If they know you're a genuine, nice guy and stuff like that, they can connect. And I think that's important. So I think something pros should do is reach out and talk to people about wakeboarding, pass the handle. And I think it will help wakeboarding grow a lot. And I think it would help them a lot too. Very good. All right, man. Um, just about every two days or so, anybody can in the world can go on YouTube and catch something new from you. Um, but do you have any like major upcoming projects that you're working on or hoping to get started on anytime soon that we could watch out for something that maybe we won't be able to see on YouTube? Um, I have been every once in a while I land like a, a pretty banger trick for like the last year or so, maybe two years. And I just throw it on my hard drive and yeah, so I've been slowly collecting for a full part, but I haven't been in any rush to finish it. So I do have, quite a few tricks stacked up so hopefully at some point towards the end of this year or early next year i could have a full part come out but uh that's all i'm working on different than youtube right now i think and, and if that does come out where does that come out does that come out in like a full-length feature movie or does that come out like where, where it, would, it would just be probably on youtube or or on hyperlights pages um they would probably want it on there first so i'm not sure where it would come out but yeah, I've been saving clips, so hopefully I can put out something cool. All right, well, watch out for that stuff. Um, the three S's is the last portion of the podcast here. I give you an opportunity to uh, talk about your sponsors, your social media, and uh, any other shout-outs that you want to send out. Um, yeah, just want to shout-out Hyperlite, Centurion, um, and X-Dubai. They uh, hook it up the most, so... Yeah, I mean, they definitely support me and have my back. Um, yeah, all my friends, they uh, like Graham and Brady. We got John here. We got Dave, AV, all them going out and helping me out with whatever I'm doing and having my back. That's super cool. Thank you for having me on the show. And uh, my dad, I think I was supposed to shout out something else different in that list. I don't remember what you said. Yeah. Oh, your social media, dude. Oh, yeah. Um, you can follow me on YouTube, JB O'Neill. And if you want, on Instagram, too. JB underscore O'Neill. And for those of us like close to 40, are you uh, on Facebook too? Oh, yeah. You can add me as a friend or something. I think it's, my friends are maxed out, but I have like a fan page. I don't know if people look at that still. But... Just be honest. What are you, once a week you're on Facebook? Once, twice Oh, a week? no, I get on Facebook. Every day? Yeah, I get on Facebook every day. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. I post um, all my tutorials in um, some of the group forums and stuff on there. 
Very good. All right, dude. Well, it's not buttery smooth, and it'll be set number two, but let's get some fuel and get back out on the water. What do you say? All right. I'm down. All right, guys. Well, there it is. That is JBO2, Mr. JB O'Neill, for the second time ever right here on the Golden Mike Podcast with me, Dan of the Mano. Please hang tight. We'll be right back with just a little bit more on the Golden Mike Podcast. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> You all heard us mention passing the handle, right? Well, there's still plenty of boat weather left for us to enjoy, so invite a friend or two to share the sport we all love. And how about taking their experience to the next level by souping up your boat with the latest speakers, tower accessories, towers, marine audio, board racks, and more from Roswell Marine. They've been doing it for over 20 years, and believe me when I tell you, they know how to have fun, and especially on the water. Roswell's motto is quality without compromise, and you know their products will perform reliably from the moment you install them, and every day after that. Whatever you're looking for, be sure to use the dealer search function on their website to find the dealer closest to you. The website, again, is roswellmarine.com, R-O-S-W-E-L-L-Marine.com. I have to give a big shout-out to our friends over at Midcoast Customs. If you're looking for the best all-around professional vinyl wrap shop specializing in commercial vehicle wraps, custom graphics, wall wraps, and boat wraps, then you gotta check them out. With locations in Rockford, Illinois, and Central Florida, they are 3M preferred installers who have been leading the way in vinyl wrap installation for years. I personally can't thank them enough for all the work they've done for this, the Golden Mike podcast, Beat on Fire, and of course, Twin Lakes Cornfest. They have an amazing eye for detail and they guarantee all their work. Whether you have one car or a fleet of 100 vehicles to wrap, the owner and my friend Jarrell and his team have got you covered literally. To see their work and get a quote, head over to MidcoastCustoms.com. That's MidcoastCustoms.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. How great was J.B. O'Neill. Oh, uh, yeah. As you all heard in the interview, we had a couple of sets on the water that day with another friend of the show, John Dryling. J.B. actually put together that footage, and it's up on YouTube right now. And, well, not to brag, but we're at over 200,000 views and counting. So please check out that video. Uh, if you haven't already done it, of course, we are doing it behind my classic ski Rendella, the small wake baby. JB is definitely pushing the sport out to the masses in a good, fun way. So thank you, JB, for all the new folks you've introduced to Toad Water Sports. And of course, for keeping us entertained at no charge multiple times a week. Before I wrap things up here, I just wanted to mention the Super Boats Pro Wake Tour. The PWT will be making its fourth and final stop the week of September 9th. And this one will be live and in person, at least for the riders and staff on hand. Recent podcast guests, Tyler Heim and Sean Silvera, are both looking pretty good at this time, respectively. 
both sitting in the top three overall in their disciplines. Sean is in first place for surf overall, and Tyler, number three in wake. I've been digitally announcing the last three stops of the event, but I'll actually be on location for the final one. You heard it right, folks. This will be my first live in-person event since March. Don't worry. The event space is safe, and we will be socially distancing. So head on over to www.prowakeboardtour.com to catch all the action. And if you guys are looking to compete in something this summer, look no further than our first ever TL Corn Fest 2020 Lake Lovers Challenge. Anyone can enter, and all you need to do is share your summer with us via social media. If you're having a summer lake adventure, cleaning up trash around a local beach, landing a new trick, or just having an epic shred session, take a picture, record some footage, and share it with us by tagging at TL Cornfest and using the hashtag Lake Lovers Challenge. To learn more about the official rules, check out our website, tlcornfest.com. Also, follow us on Facebook at Twin Lakes Cornfest and on Instagram at TL Cornfest for the latest news. Also, in case you guys were wondering, we've got Jake Snyder of Jake Snyder Films coming up on the next episode of the podcast. I also stopped in Georgia recently at the Valdosta Wake Compound where I got to interview Quinn Silvernail and Luke Tilt so you can rest assured knowing that we've got some quality content in the pipeline. All right, all right, an enormous thank you again to J.B. O'Neill for joining us and to all the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support. Thanks to SeaDeck Marine Products, WSIA, Roswell Marine, Active Water Sports, Masterline, Centurion Boats, O'Brien, Ledwake, Slingshot, Conley, Radar, Boulder Boats, Ronix, Hyperlite, GoPuck, and Midcoast Customs. Behind the scenes, a special thanks to Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shevashevich on copy, Pedro Flores on the scratching post, and Rich Walsh on sound. That's it. That's all for me, folks. Just a reminder, you can follow the Golden Mike Podcast on Facebook. You can follow Dano the Mano on Instagram at Dano T Mano. Message me there or at Golden Mike at noiseofthenorth.com. And now that we're done with this episode, please head on over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Leave that five-star review. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. As always, I am the Noise of the North. Oh, yeah, Dano the Mano. And you can hear me next time once again right here on the Golden Mike Podcast.